God speaks to Noah and his sons after they have left the ark and establishes the rainbow as a sign of his covenant. God will preserve the world, not destroy it. A reading from the book of Genesis. God said to Noah and to his sons with him, As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you, that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you, and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. The psalm appointed for this morning is Psalm 29, verses 1 through 9, found on page 4 of your worship leaflet. If you'd please stand and sing.
Peter compares God's acting to save Noah from the flood to our salvation by baptism through Jesus' death and resurrection. A reading from the first letter of Peter. Christ suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, in order to bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he also went and made a proclamation to the spirits in prison, who in former times did not obey, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah during the building of the ark, in which a few, that is eight persons, were saved through water, and baptism, which this prefigured, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers made subject to him. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved, with you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has drawn near. Repent and believe in the good news. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. You'll notice that Nathaniel is not here. Um, He was moving some rocks around on his patio, doing some landscaping on Wednesday. And on Thursday felt a little not so good, and on Friday a lot not so good. He had pulled a groin muscle. He was due to preach. Um, He said Friday afternoon, oh, I'll be there to preach. And I said, oh, no, I don't think so. Um, So I called him yesterday afternoon and told him to stay home, Um, which means I'm going off the cuff a little bit today, but that's all right. Last week, um, we had the story of Jesus' transfiguration on the mountain and the cloud that overshadows him and the voice that came and said, This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Moses and Elijah appeared with him. Both of them were also people who heard the voice on the mountain. And I talked last week about how the tradition was that both of them had ascended directly into heaven. And Jesus, of course, has to come back down that mountain and make his way on uh, straight to Jerusalem. That our transfiguration... Um, isn't uh, going to take us directly into heaven, but that we have to live it out then here in the midst of this life. I said that the, the voice was to remind us of the voice heard at baptism, and that was to remind us of our own baptism. And so today we have the story of um, Jesus baptized in the Jordan, coming up, and the Spirit coming like a dove, and, and that voice again reminding him and reminding us in our baptism that we are God's children, beloved by God and well-pleasing to God. And I noticed in reading this passage this week something that I had never noticed before, or had noticed but never paid any attention to before, partly because Mark never follows up on it. 
It says that the Spirit drove Jesus out into the wilderness 40 days, and so we think of Israel in the wilderness 40 years, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. That's just a strange little phrase, a strange little set of phrases, and and Mark never follows up on it. What are those wild beasts doing there? Centuries later, in the third century, when the desert fathers and mothers talk about withdrawing to the desert to encounter God, to meet their demons, to struggle with whatever it is they need to struggle with, they will often talk about the wild animals coming to wait on them, bringing them food, um, giving them company so that they're not alone out there in the desert. But Mark does nothing with it. But it's interesting. He juxtaposes the animals and the angels. And I think what Mark is doing is saying that Jesus is God's salvation for the whole created order, not just human beings, but for the material world and the spiritual world all together. Because the next thing that happens is Jesus comes into Galilee and says, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, believe the good news. The kingdom of God is for the animals and the angels and the humans, everything, all of it. We're sort of in the middle of an economic wilderness right now. Um, There are people in this room who have lost their jobs because of that economic wilderness, and I'm sure you know more than that um, who have been affected by by this. The wilderness is an opportunity for us to reevaluate what's important. The desert fathers and mothers went out there into the wilderness so that they could come to terms with who they were in God's eyes and what was really important to them, to revalue themselves. And here is Mark's gospel telling us Jesus is out there in the wilderness with the animals and the angels, revaluing the whole business, spiritual and material. What is it that we are supposed to come to value? I love it that we hear this reading next to that Noah reading. This is with the RCL. We've never heard this particular Noah reading in Lent before. And I counted as as it was being read. God says seven times, this is the covenant that I establish with you and with all flesh. Not just human beings, but all the animals, domestic, wild Everything that was on the ark, this is the covenant that I establish with you and all flesh. Seven times he says it. And three times God says, the rainbow will serve as a reminder, not to you, but to God, of the covenant that I establish with you and with all creation. God needs a reminder That's not typically the way we think of it, but God says, whenever the cloud is in the sky and the bow is in the cloud, I will remember the covenant which I have established with you and with all flesh. No matter what kind of a mess you human beings get into, I won't ever do this again, and this bow will remind me. We have gotten ourselves into a mess, and we have done it by valuing the wrong things. We valued the bottom line. We valued this quarter's dividends. We valued that huge house in the suburbs that we can't afford. And now how many people are what they call in the mortgage world underwater, have more house, more mortgage than their house is worth? We made a mess. But our baptism 
is the reminder to God that never again will God do that. Never again will God punish us for the mess that we have made. I will remember the covenant that I have made with you, and not just with you, but all flesh, the whole world, material and spiritual. I saw on the internet, and I wished I'd have printed it out and made copies to distribute, but maybe by next week I'll have my act together and do that, a set of Lenten disciplines for being green. Um, One of the things it said was, first day of Lent, unscrew a light bulb in your house and leave it off the 40 days of Lent. See if you can't live without it. Other things it said was, drive less, combine, combine you know, your, your, your errands. All kinds of clever little things that we can do. This economic mess may be a way of us reminding ourselves what's important. What do we re- really value? How can we go about seeing God's salvation for everything? The beasts and the angels and us. God says the rainbow is the reminder to me that I will never do this again. Peter says that that Noah's flood prefigures our baptism. Our baptism is the reminder to God that never again will God do that. No matter how bad a mess we make of it, God will continue to keep God's covenant. We may need the reminder now and then that we've messed it up and need to go back and see what God finds important and where God's covenant is. But God will never again forget. Amen.